I saw a little spark in Brit, and I actually remember saying to Dave, like, I want to hang out with that that girl that we met. (laughs) I wish all the dudes would talk a little bit less at this dinner so that I could get to know her a little better. When I met Ange, to her point, there was the love at first sight thing that we saw in each other. But I loved that she also seemed like a curious person. And so that was the start of our beautiful friendship and professional relationship. That's Ange Temple and Britt Morin, co-founders of Brit & Co. Brit & Co. is a digital media company with online classes and products that seek to inspire and educate women. Founded in 2011, they have an online community of over 130 million followers through their platforms. This is Think Like a Founder, and I'm Maureen Taylor, co-founder of SNP Communications. On this episode, Ange and Britt talk about how they met on a couple's blind date, the yin and yang of their co-founder relationship, and how creativity is an instinct we all have. I'm always curious about what people wanted to be when they were a little kid. So that's where I started with Britt. You know, I uh, wanted to be a lot of things as a little girl, but I was most excited about becoming an inventor because I felt like there were products in the world that I wanted to see differently. And that actually created a path for me to understand how to make things. And my parents both worked And we didn't have the internet. So unless I was watching television, I was making a mess in my house. And I taught myself how to do just about everything in a day where Google and YouTube didn't exist, which meant you you had no idea how to actually do things. And it was all about trial and error. And that was everything from learning to sew and breaking needles to learning to French braid my hair, to learning how to code websites, to learning how to... um, make things in the kitchen and create things with wood tools. And and so I was constantly tinkering as a little girl and I loved it because it felt like with a little bit of knowledge about how to build something, you can truly create anything. I think all little girls should want to be inventors. (laughs) Okay. And how about you, Ange? So when I was little, I think it's in my kindergarten or first grade autobiography, I say that I want to be an artist and an author who saves the world from pollution. And I feel like I still want those things right now. (laughs) But I think that, you know, how that manifested is that I've always been a storyteller, whether it's visual storytelling, whether it's bringing people together because of a cause, you know, I really have always been really attached to the narrative and how it comes to life and how it relates to people. And so for me, Growing up, you know, like our lemonade stand had a laminated menu that I, where I illustrated all the different flavors of lemonade and like the popsicles that I had made in the cooler and stuff like that. Um, And as I grew up, it meant, you know, I was always in many, many clubs doing tons of extracurricular art classes. I took figure drawing in middle school or something, you know, which my parents were down. They were like, whatever, you know, let's keep enriching this artist. Um, And so, you know, over the years, I, I tried many different mediums. I would organize art shows. I worked for politicians, all of that stuff. And most of it before I could even vote. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I would say that's definitely carried through with me to everything I've done as a grown-up. Mm-hmm. 
So I've known Britt since she was working at Google in her early 20s, and she was a bright light even then. Easily could have continued on that path and no doubt had a great career. So I thought it'd be interesting to talk about what prompted her to leave that behind, find a partner, and start something new. I could either stay at Google and keep keep climbing the, the ladder there, or I could take what I learned and try to strike out on my own. And the thing I had noticed when I was at Google and YouTube within Google was that how-to searches were the most common searches every year, no matter what, and that in the data, it skewed female female, you know, women were searching about how to do things and there weren't really great results. And there's like really bad user-generated content or like very sterile ehow.com kinds of content. And as someone who I've mentioned was always curious about learning new things and learning how to do stuff, I was like, wait, I could, I could teach women how to do things. And, and that was really the spark of inspiration I had to launch Britain Co. When I met Ange, to her point, there was the love at first sight thing and that we saw in each other. But I loved that she also seemed like a curious person who was scrappy, learning how to do things. She was, you know, she had done a lot of event design and artistry and all these different things. And I was like, ooh, she could help me maybe teach women how to do things and how to make things and how to be creative. And so that was the start of our beautiful friendship and professional relationship. Two artists of a different kind love at first sight. And it's clearly a dynamic that's continued to work and develop as you've grown your business and pursued other projects together. So how did your paths cross? So in college, I studied philosophy and studio art, super practical, you know, clearly headed for the corporate world. Um, And then I traveled for a couple of years doing artist residencies and being, you know, an artist in residence in various places about a year in Vermont. Uh, three months in New Zealand, and then what was supposed to be six months in India, in New Delhi, um, and I'm, you know, of Indian heritage and have tons of family there, Um, but I was doing this residency, and what Britt wants me to share with you, which is a whole other podcast, is that the residency in India was actually the front for a cult, and I escaped in the middle of the night. There's a cliffhanger there. We'll come back to that in episode two. Tune in whenever we record the podcast about this. But anyway, um, when that happened, I will say, you know, I was resilient, right? I decided, okay, I have cousins that are architects. They have an extra little space in their office, in their studio office. I'm going to use it and I'm still going to do my quote unquote residency and the project that I set out to do. And so I continued to do it. It was a residency of one. (laughs) I wasn't interacting with other artists but it was pretty awesome. And then, you know, came back to the States, went on monster.com, got my first job as a creative assistant at an ad agency, um, which is where I really learned that so many creatives, you know, work in agencies and that type of thing. And then they have art shows on the weekends, work Mm -hmm. art fairs, you know, by night, take art classes all the time. And, and I got really excited about how I could do both of those things and help other people do that too. So um, was in New York for five years. My husband and I were like, we're done with this. So we drove out to San Francisco. And in the first weekend we were there, um, I had this friend, Jessica, who said, hey, I'd really love to introduce you guys to this other couple that you're going to be friends with. So we went on a triple date. 
Um, obviously the couple was Brit and Dave. They were not yet married. None of us were married at the time. Um, Brit was still working at Google. And I just remember coming out of the dinner. I mean, you know, I'll be honest, everyone was chatting a lot. It was a lot of tech talk, but I saw a little spark in Brit. And I actually remember saying to Dave, like, I want to hang out with that, that girl that we met. (laughs) I wish all the dudes would talk a little bit less at this dinner so that I could get to know her a little better. I mean, don't we say that about every dinner? And <laughs> luckily, now we have our own language. So when the dudes are talking, we can do our own thing. We can even talk with our eyes now. It's amazing. Another thing you share, besides a secret language, is that you both really believe that everyone has creativity inside of them. And part of your mission, which is so beautiful, is to help unlock that for people. Tell us more about that. I was getting ready for my wedding. I decided to make everything because I had a few months of um, being willfully unemployed. And the women at my wedding were just in awe. And they kept saying the same thing to me, which was, wow, you're so creative. I wish I was creative. And I I started to get angry the more I started to hear this. Why do women believe they're not creative? Like literally every human being was made to be creative. It's a survival tactic. Like we have to create shelter around us. We have to create food every day. We have to solve problems creatively. Like even getting dressed every morning is a creative act. We match our clothes. We do gradients on our eyes with our eyeshadow and shadows and all these different things. And yet we're not creative. And so What I realized was that it's not that women don't believe they're not creative. It's that they're generally just insecure about trying anything new that they might not be good at. Mm -hmm. And, And so creativity became our core. But to us, that meant every type of problem that you could solve or thing you could learn was a new opportunity to be creative. And all that took to get started was a little bit of confidence. Mm -hmm. And so confidence is so key to trying new things. And so I really think we have to shatter this idea that we are not creative, that we can't do new things and that we're not enough in this world. Um, To Angie's point, like we are able to learn and grow and be someone new every day for the rest of our life if we want to. You know, there are women who say, oh, I'm not creative and this and that and the other. Meanwhile, they are the most creative people you could possibly imagine, right? They're cooking beautiful meals for themselves and their family. They're designing their whole home. They're making Halloween costumes, whatever it is. And I think there's this, um, it's not even a stigma. It's the opposite. Attached to the word, I'm creative, right? Or I'm an artist. And it's like, well, I can't give myself that, you know? And I think, My greatest example of this would be my mom, who is wildly creative. So she, you know, she, she's also an overachiever, you know, got her PhD when she was 22 or something insane like that, graduated high school at 15, et cetera, et cetera. Lots to live up to over here. Um, (laughs) But her whole, our, my whole life, she was making things, right? She made my prom dress. She made my graduation dress. She made our curtains, our tablecloths, everything. And so much color, so much pattern everywhere. And I remember when I was taking these art classes and then I majored in art and then I was calling myself an artist and she's, you know, her and my dad would always discuss, 
you know, I think she must have gotten the art thing from my mother, you know, or or so-and-so cousin, blah, 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 was so creative. And I was like, dude, are you kidding me, mom? Like you are the most creative person in this family. And it was so interesting because she just never thought of herself that way and never gave herself that title, right? Or even that adjective of being creative. And I think that's something that's so ingrained is just because I'm a problem solver and make things doesn't mean I'm creative. And we're here to say, you're wrong. You're super creative. (laughs) Give yourself that permission um, to call yourself whatever you want. It's clear that both Britt and Ange are committed to supporting women while nurturing confidence and creativity in others. Britt's upbringing has been deeply motivating for her in that respect. I actually didn't realize this until recently, which is kind of crazy. But uh, when I was growing up, my mom suffered with depression quite a bit and you know, in my earliest memories of like elementary school, she was more or less in her room in the dark many days. And I had to learn how to fend for myself, meaning like I did my laundry at age eight. I cooked a lot of my meals. I I never had a packed lunch. Um, and I, I didn't think that was abnormal. I thought that was just what kids did. Um, and in some ways it propelled in me, the notion that doing things for yourself was just what you learned to do. And no matter your age, you just figure out how to do it and you do it. But I think the bigger emotional message it gave me was as I got older, I felt so sad that this woman who was arguably the most meaningful woman in my life had very little self-confidence, never believed she could do anything, that she was good enough, that she was pretty enough, that she was successful enough, um, that people liked her. And so I got like pretty angry and annoyed. And, and I think I developed as a woman who tried to convince myself that I was, I was good enough. I was pretty enough. I was smart enough and I could do anything. And I honestly think that's where a lot of my ambition came from and a lot of my craziness about becoming an entrepreneur and feeling like I can take over the world because what's going to stop me. But it's also where, I get such deep passion to help other women believe those things. And, you know, I love the saying that your mess is your message. And even when I'm trying to help women consider what kinds of new entrepreneurial roles they can play and which businesses they can start, I ask them to go back to childhood and think about the obstacles they've overcome and consider sharing those stories because they are going to be so authentic and they are going to be what compels you to solve those problems for other people. As co-founders, their skills complement each other perfectly. Their team even describes them as yin and yang. Their shared values are at the center of everything they do, which is probably why they've worked together for as long as they have. We both like building things, right? So whether it's building something using technology or building something using pom-poms and yarn (laughs) and sort of everything in between. And so We have that in common. Um, And I think that we, but we come from really different backgrounds and have such different skill sets. Um, Creativity is where we overlap, right? That's the middle of the Mm -hmm. diagram. And then I would say our values is really where we 
brain meld. You know, we, I think in our first week we were like brain twin because everything that we said and, you know, talk about, we were so on the same page. And I think that just has to do with, you know, wanting to surround ourselves with creative people and learn from people and not even be the expert, right? Just be learning, learning, learning all the time and helping uplift other people through their stories and their expertise and so on. You know, how that came to life in the office and in work and in managing our teams over the years is that, you know, I think we had to divide and conquer all the time. And -hmm. I would say, you know, Britt, of course, as the personality and and front woman of the operation was a huge part, but also Britt's business savvy, right? Doing tons of business development, fundraising, figuring out HR, all of that stuff. She left me happily out of it. You know, I was focused on the voice and bringing it all to life. I think the other thing that's cool is that Ange and I can basically do every job because we've had to. You know, she's had to manage budgets and deal with HR things, and I've had to manage designers and creative strategies. And so the cool thing is that we can speak each other's language. We just prefer to have her do some things and me do the other things. And when we need to swap, we can. Recently, Britt and Ange launched Selfmade as yet another way to prove their commitment to their work and mission. It's a 10-week program that supports women who have a desire to start their own business. I was curious about what kind of advice they'd give to those self-starters. Oh my gosh, where do I begin? I Well, first, I just want to say not to make this an ad for Selfmade, but I think that Selfmade has made our 2020. It has been the best thing that we have maybe ever done together in 10 years. So I just have to give us a shout out for that. (laughs) But honestly, it's, you know, the community of students that we have gotten to know um, in the first session. So in the first session, we had nearly 200 women join us and, you know, they just created this incredible support system for each other. And so that's, that's part of the advice. So we call it self-made. Self-made isn't being about self-made. It's not about I can do everything by myself. I am like a lone wolf and no one will help me and I have to figure it all out alone. It's quite the opposite. To be self-made, we want to share our community of mentors, everything we've learned over the last 10 or 20 years with you, you know, whoever you are, right? And so wherever you're at in terms of your business, we want to help you conquer your own self-doubt, find your confidence, your resilient resilience, and just start. It's everything we wish existed 10 years ago when we were getting started that you will learn in 10 weeks. Part of the business of being a founder is figuring out how to pick yourself back up again when you've been knocked down. There's a relentless mindset, a resilience and grit that's required. Definitely agree. In fact, it's the first thing we teach in the first day of our course, like resilience and grit are imperative to entrepreneurial success because the reality is you're going to get knocked down a hundred times. And if you can't stand back up, you're not going to be walking forward. And if you can stand back up, no matter how many times you get knocked down, you're going to be walking forward. And trust me, we've been knocked down many times in many ways, whether it's from fundraising, whether it's from a bad press, there's from a deal that went sour, um, a, a bad employee interaction. Like we have had 
everything under the sun happen. And we've had many times that have been incredibly difficult where we wanted you to stay down. It was like, like, and you're in the wrestling ring and you're just like, okay, I'm out. Like tag me out coach. And for whatever reason, we stand back up and we might not know the direction we're stepping forward, but we step forward. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so, so critical to just stand back up and take that next step forward. And I think this is not just for business. This is for all of life. Like maybe you're going through a divorce. Maybe you've lost someone really important to you. Maybe you got rejected from the college you wanted to go to. Maybe someone said something really mean about you or a bunch of people said something really mean about you. I truly believe that if you are on a mission and you believe you are doing your best work, if you keep walking forward, magic will happen for you and people will truly respect you. And these brands that are built, especially in Silicon Valley, are not built overnight. They're built over the long haul. As a venture capitalist now, I can definitely attest to this. Like every great company takes 10 years to build and Mm -hmm. seems like an overnight success. Mm-hmm. And still has to be knocked down and get back up. So, so believe it when I say it that resilience and grit is the number one trait of an entrepreneur. Absolutely, I think that you know what picks us back up is the the emails we get in the support channel, you know, or the DMs on Instagram that are, you know, because of your calligraphy class, I quit my job and I started a stationery line, and now I have a stationery store and I represent five other calligraphy artists. And, you know, you've completely changed my life. I didn't know that I could, as a mom of three, change my path, you know? And I think that's the biggest thing is, I think a lot of us think, you know, in our 20s, we know exactly who we are and the world knows who we are. And I actually think it's that second part that's the most scary or annoying, (laughs) you know? It's that we think that everyone has a perception of us. And so I guess that's who we are. You know, when we add these layers to it, we add, now I live in this place, or now I'm married to this person, and I have these children, and this has been my job all along, so this is what I do. And I think, you know, I feel very motivated to say, that's not true. A lot of that is awesome. Your history is important. Embrace it. Keep it all there. But who you are going to be tomorrow or next year or 10 years from now can be completely different than today. Um, Your core will be the same, right? But I think it's always about getting back into what makes you tick? What makes you excited? What makes you tingle? And then, and I would say, you know, just bringing it back to Britain Co. and our purpose, I feel like everything that we have done ladders back to that. That was Britt Morin and Ange Temple, co-founders of Britain Co. Britain Co. is a digital media company featuring classes, DIY kits, recipes, and lifestyle content geared towards the home and family. Their mission is to inspire, entertain, and inform women everywhere. This is Think Like a Founder. I'm Maureen Taylor, co-founder of SMP Communications, and thanks for listening. Next time on Think Like a Founder, I talk to Stefan Richter and Claudia Dietza, co-founders of Freiheit, a software company based in Germany. They believe in creating digital platforms to enable a better future for everyone. Hear them talk about curiosity, grit, and how honesty is key to their co-founder relationship. Think like a founder.
Think Like a Founder is produced by SNP Communications in San Francisco, California. Learn more by visiting us at snpnet.com or connect with me, Maureen Taylor, on LinkedIn to continue the conversation there. Series producer is Roisin Hunt. Sound design by Mark Ream. Creative producer, Eli Shell. Content and scripting by Mike Sullivan. Production coordination, Natasha Thomas. Thanks also to Selena, Persiani Shell, John Hughes, and Ren Barra. This is Think Like a Founder.